There's never a plan. There's just a podcast. So today, the NHL has expanded to 32 teams. And Seattle, it's not just a matter of Seattle being within driving distance. It's that I've been to Seattle a few times, and I think it'll be good for the city. Uh, it's a sports city, absolutely. Uh, a lot of Mariners fans, despite the fact that the Mariners have had limited success over the last, what, 15 years? And for Seattle, there's been a, a, a need for something during the winter since the exit of the Sonics. And there's no guarantee the NBA is going to go back. There's talks of it. There's rumors of it. But there's no guarantee. So for Seattle, an NHL team is kind of necessary. And, uh, well, okay, necessary is probably a bit of a stretch. But it is a desirable result. And uh, I, I know people in that area, and I think it will help grow the league. And it's a sensitive topic because hockey fans are very insular. So if you're a new fan of hockey, you'll find that out. You talk to somebody who's watched hockey for years, and you'll ask, well, why was that playoff side? And the answer from some fans will be a very decent explanation of why. And from some, you're going to get, what, are you stupid? Seriously? If you don't know what offside is, just don't bother watching this. If you don't understand why that play was a penalty, you shouldn't be watching. If you don't understand why that play wasn't a penalty in the third period, even though it wasn't the first, you shouldn't be watching. And it, it is it is something that, to me, it feels like it's unique to hockey. I, I can't recall any sport that I've seen where people ask for clarification, especially with football. Um, NFL football can be very befuddling at times uh, and... and CFL football is too uh, and, and, and CFL I, I really haven't watched it very much I'll put it this way uh, I found out who the uh, Super Bowl winners were when um, I was waiting for hockey highlights and they, they talked about Calgary winning it and I went, oh I guess the Stampeders won the Grey Cup this year well good for them I, I guess I don't, I, don't, I don't really care um, and that that that's kind of sad but fans in other sports don't seem to be quite as as i said insular it, there's this this feeling that okay we have x amount of hockey fans we don't need more there's no need for more you talk about uh any kind of diversity in fans whether it's uh, minorities or women there's you don't need it no no the sport doesn't need that but why not try to get it like that's that's the part that's weird to me. Like people ask me about why I don't cover other leagues. I I don't have the time. I would love to. I would love to cover junior hockey, European leagues, um, and all of the minor leagues because I know that it would help uh, uh, grow my audience, and it it would it would be good for me. It would be good for the channel and in general. But I just I don't have the time. I don't have the time to put the amount of work into it that I would need to, but it would absolutely grow my audience if I could. So for the NHL to say, we can expand, we have the means, and we're going to expand to that 32nd team, and and that'll help diversi- diversify our fan base, and we'll have fans in a new city, I don't see the problem. I'm I'm, I'm not quite sure I understand the problem, because... If, if they expand to the point where, where you could put a team in, say, Louisiana or Wisconsin or wherever, 
and and it works why does that bother me and and the answer is it really honestly doesn't i think the the superstar equation is a problem too and and i'll put it this way um if if we had 32 teams back in the in the late 80s we would have had a massive problem with finding star players to fill all 32 teams there's no way but with the conditioning that the players have now with the way that the game is played now the speed it's played at with the fact that uh, taking the clutching and grabbing out of the league means that the smaller players are able to play in the NHL now instead of getting bullied out of it. You can absolutely fill 32 rosters, and you can have superstar players on every team. Um, one of the, the challenges I always have when I'm talking about the best at a certain position or the best on certain in certain divisions or who the best team is on any given night, the fact is there are no actual bad teams at this point. Like, for instance, you can look at the Kings right now and say, well, they're slow. True, but they won the Stanley Cup in 2012-2014, and in the event that Jonathan Quick gets hot, you just never know. Uh, There aren't any really, truly bad teams. St. Louis is down there. Uh, St. Louis, I think part of what's happened with them, I think there were too many changes over the summer. This happens. I've watched happen other teams, but they're not a bad team. They're just, they're a step behind enough teams on any given night, that they found themselves at the bottom of the standings. Uh, Chicago, not a bad team either. Um, Chicago has, you know, Taves and Kane and, and, and so many people from their their core that were there when they won three Stanley Cups. It's really hard to let that go. Uh, the Oilers in the late 80s had to let go of their, their, their dynasty for money reasons. Uh, Pocklington's in charge, and the fact that uh, then in the early 90s, the Canadian dollar bottoms out and they, they just didn't have the revenues to afford everybody. So everybody gets, gets you know, traded off. And when you look at, at the 80s Oilers and you compare it to, to today's NHL, that team wouldn't have been able to stay together anyways because of the salary cap. Um, oh, I also wanted to talk a little bit about the cap. So the cap's going up. They're, they're projecting $83 million next year. And this is going to make fans everywhere all excited because, oh, good, that'll that'll help with cap crunch. I look at those numbers, and honestly, when I see that, I think, okay, so ticket prices are going up again, and everything's getting more expensive again. Uh, the 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 jersey that was one hundred and fifty dollars and is now two hundred dollars that'll go up again because that's that's the part and parcel of how this works. It's it's what drives me nuts. Um, and I understand that for for some fans are like, well, that's just how that's just how sports is. Yeah, I I can't think of anything else that's that's that goes up in in price so often that nobody seems to have an issue with. It it makes it so that it is extremely expensive to take a family to a game. I have three kids downstairs. I have my wife and myself. That's five tickets. Is there any hope all five of us would ever go to a Canucks game? Not really, no. And every year, that price seems to go up. And if you compare it with the price of inflation, and especially if you compare it to pay, this is why you end up with so many empty seats in arenas. So your salary cap goes up. Your your ticket price goes up. Who's affording those lower bowl seats? Well, your, your corporate, your, your people who are really well off. People who, if a game is on a Tuesday night, they might go, well, I have to get up early. i got a board meeting in the morning, so... I can't be at a hockey game until 10 o'clock tonight, so tech with it, I'm not going tonight. 
So now those seats, you know, they might have two, two, let's say two tickets. Those seats are unfilled. If it's Florida or Carolina or one of these cities, for whatever reason, their, their, their seats are, are like neon red. So you can see them from space. And it's all part and parcel of what makes the league look Bush League. When you're watching a game and the seats are virtually empty, and then when I talk about it in videos and people point out how much tickets are for these games, those tickets might very well be getting sold. Absolutely. And they may not be attended by fans who don't feel like going. or Because to them, it's just... If it's a business, it's a tax write-off, right? You can get those tickets, and then you can give them to your to people who are part of your business interests. And then at the end of the year, you're like, yeah, I've got these season tickets. It's a tax write-off. It's... and it it, it's one of those things that if if ticket prices were lower and you could get families in the lower bowl and you could make it so everybody could go anyways i know i know it's just crazy talk right and this is on a day when seattle's coming into the league and everything should be fantastic but because it's at the board of governors meeting it has us all worried about the lockout too um people have been asking like well does this mean we're gonna have a lockout in 2011 uh, a lockout in twenty or twenty eleven. Um, I'm apparently still stuck in that Stanley Cup final. Why Vancouver? Why game six was so bad? Anyways, uh, yeah, uh, it, it it looks to me like they're anticipating at least some form of labor action in twenty twenty. You you don't start complaining about the twenty twenty World Cup, which zero hockey fans I know of care about. We we don't. We want we want Olympics back. They're not even talking about Olympics. They're talking about a World Cup and saying the NHLPA is holding up the process. The the NHL wants the NHLPA not to back out of this deal. The NHL likes the deal that they currently have at the CBA. But if the NHL Players Association backs out of this deal, you better bet the owners are going to ask for more concessions. And we're going to end up with, with them being ground in. So the players don't like escrow. They want their money out of escrow. Well, owners don't like the bonus money that's being paid out by certain teams right now. Uh, it's it's not something they like very much because the bonus money gets paid out even if the team doesn't play. And that's something that certain owners really won't like. So that's that's kind of where I see the first, the first problem. I know I mentioned in the Nylander video and everybody loses their mind, but it's true. The idea that you, you, you don't exist in a vacuum, you exist as one out of 31 teams, now 32 all teams are supposed to have an even playing field when it comes to competing for, for talent. And whether it's fair or it's not, it doesn't matter. Like to say that, well, we're the number one market, so therefore we can pay you know $100 million for our players. Right, Toronto said that in the early 2000s. Philly said that in the early 2000s. The New York Rangers were constantly trying to buy their way to a Stanley Cup. It is, it is absolutely in the best interests of the big market teams to say, well, we don't need a salary cap. We could just opt out of it, and we could just pay these guys $150 million and still make money. And they'd be right. The Toronto Maple Leafs make absolutely tons of money. But it's a league. You're part of the whole league. So to state that, well, we can pay these guys, so if they can't, they shouldn't be around, That the tricky part with that is that it's the same mentality that back in the late 90s, early 2000s, there were fans in the States that said, well, if Edmonton can't compete for, for the dollar uh, dollar amount that, that's being paid out by other teams in the South, maybe Edmonton shouldn't be in the league. 
This was right after Winnipeg left and Quebec left and Hartford left. And Edmonton was next. Edmonton and Calgary were viewed as being next on the list of teams that might hit the chopping block. The Senators, at certain points, looked like they could be next. The Canucks themselves. There were rumors at one point that the, the Vancouver Canucks would move to Seattle. It's it's easy to say right now with where where the market is, with where economies are, we're number one, we're the strongest, so we should be able to just do whatever we want. But those situations change. And you need to view it as you're part of a league, not just on your own. Um, and Kyle, Kyle Dubas, he's young, he's new. Um, you know, Josh Levo gets traded because he was promised he'd have a spot in the roster or he'd get moved. Uh, William Nylander's been promised he'll never get traded as long as Kyle Dubas is there, which is odd. I, I find that I find that odd. Give the guy a no-trade clause, fine. All right. But... To, to tell a guy you'll never trade him no matter what. Look, there's GMs that have been in this league that have, have, have been very upset at having to trade guys. GMs that have been very upset at what at moves they've had to make. You can't state that over the next six years there won't be a time where you may have to trade Neilander. It could happen. Um, and I think most experienced GMs would not want to make a promise like that, would have a very hard time making a promise like that, would say, I will do everything I can to make sure that you're you're a member of this team for the entire length of this contract. But I don't know where we're going to be in five years. I think the the one danger in this, and and it's all great and it's all fun and sunshine now, is that if 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 your GM is too close to all of his players and he can't make that move that he needs to make, you potentially find yourself in a position where uh, there's there's a, a stale roster. People aren't getting moved who probably should be. Uh, maybe guys are getting ice time and playing in games that shouldn't be because the GM made him a promise. And, you know, it, 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 at some point, he's going to have to break one of his promises. And it, it's just, it's business. Um, I know that personally for myself, if I was, you know, running a business, I couldn't promise somebody I'd never fire them because I don't know what's going to happen. And with Nylander, he's young. Uh, his career high in points is 61. You don't know. He could be a superstar. He could hit 80, 85 points, or he could crash out. You know, so what we're saying is that if he crashes out, let's say this year he doesn't doesn't get it together, next year he has a slow start, the GM's going to go, well, we're not moving him. And, you know, made him a promise, we're not moving him. It And it leaves a coach in a bad position too, right? Because maybe you've got a guy in the locker room that the GM's promised uh, is is never going anywhere, and he's sort of the golden boy in the locker room, and yet you know he's not working as hard as the other guys. He's not uh, he's not competing enough, and and it's it's now it's now it's affecting everybody else. Now other guys are like, well, why should I bust my ass if he's not? And or I I got the same promise from the GM that he got. Like it's tricky. And what about the guys who don't get told? <laughs> What about a guy who gets signed to a contract and the, and he says to the GM, do I get the promise too? And the GM goes, eh, no, not no, not really, no. I can't promise I won't move you. You have to be trying to make your team the best. And, and I know it's a sensitive topic for, for the Leafs, but they really do look like they could be a Stanley Cup champion. But it looks to me like they're missing one or two Key pieces on that blue line. I think there's been too much Ron Hainsey. I think that 
outside of Riley. I think they could use another offensive-minded defenseman back there to take some pressure off of Riley. And while their defensive numbers have been solid, I have some concerns over an 82-game schedule. And I really think if they moved one of their forwards, they could probably get better on the blue line. But, right, we'll see. Because they've got a lot of guys to re-sign in the offseason. I think uh, I think Kapanen's going to find his, himself getting traded out. Kasperi Kapanen's been fantastic this year, but with the return of Nylander, he's kind of redundant. So with Nylander back, you could, you could move Kapanen right now and probably get back some significant pieces. And with the amount of guys who, who are... are uh, you know, looking at, at RFA status in July, and Kapanen's one of them, he's going to command big money with the amount of production he's putting up right now. So it might be in your best interest to move him. And again, you're you're trying to improve your team and you're trying to get to be that, that Stanley Cup champion. The The weird thing to me is, and I've seen this being said by some, some Toronto fans too, and I, I'm, I'm not meaning to pick on them at all because I get the excitement, but the word dynasty gets thrown out there and I'm like, wait, Building a dynasty is really hard because when a team wins the Stanley Cup, there's going to be guys on expiring contracts that are suddenly going to command ridiculous money. So you're going to be left either signing them for ridiculous money or moving them. And when you move them, there's no guarantee that the team won't lose something in the process. Maybe you get future assets, maybe you don't, but there's no guarantee the team's going to be as good the year after. This is why Chicago has been such a story because after winning Stanley Cups, they've had to make tough make tough decisions with their money and with who gets moved and who doesn't. And so the word dynasty, I wouldn't be thrown out there at all. Uh, I, I think there's some that, that have an expectation of cup or bust. I wouldn't have that expectation either. The only team in the NHL right now that to me feels like cup or bust is Nashville. Uh, Nashville's the only one that I look at and I say, you know what, they kind of have to win it this year because Rene isn't getting younger. He's having another amazing season. Uh, they they have solid depth from from top to bottom. But I, I don't know that I would pick them to win the Stanley Cup right now. I could see them getting into the Stanley Cup final. But again, I, I thought certain points last year they'd, they'd get in there too. So, I, you know, I don't know. Um I think Nashville's probably cup or bust. And when you look at Toronto, they're an excellent team. But how do they compare with with Tampa? Tampa's a team they're going to have to face in the first or second round. So as much as I as much as much I agree that Toronto looks fantastic, I don't know. I don't know where they're going to be at the end of this year. And the excitement's justified, but when I see the word dynasty, it kind of makes my eye twitch. It's like, yeah, win one before you talk about a dynasty. Maybe win two before you talk about a dynasty. Uh, even Penguins fans before 2016 weren't talking about dynasty. And you got Crosby, Malkin, and all kinds of fantastic talent there in 2016. So it just seems crazy to me. Anyways, you guys can let me know what you think. Uh, it's always appreciated. Uh, I apologize these podcasts aren't more regular. Uh, it's more of when something happens or I've got some stuff to talk about. Uh, and or and or clarify in the Nylander case definitely clarify because yeah I'm still getting butchered on that video uh, down votes and and Toronto fans tell me I'm an idiot and I don't know what I'm talking about but you know I've had that a lot and that's that's fine 
it is what it is. It's part and parcel of being online. It's part and parcel of being on YouTube. It's people calling you stupid. I've, I've seen it on, on every channel, almost every video. Uh, I do my best to, to clean up the comment section as much as possible. So, yeah, there are certain things that you won't see on the channel because they're automatically held. Uh, certain terminology that, yeah, it automatically gets held, and I, I moderate as, as much as possible to make sure that if you're a subscriber or if you're browsing through that you don't find the toxicity levels uh, as as you might in other channels. Um, and Because I want people to be able to say whatever they want without too much fear of having somebody just attacking them for it. And I know that still goes on, and I, I try my best to uh, weed users out that I think are just there to troll people. They're not there to talk about anything other than my team's the best and every other team in the league is just crap. And it's just, it's it's stupid. It's ridiculous. I don't understand that. I never have. Anyways, uh, let me know your thoughts as always. Uh, thanks guys for listening. And I'm going to go now. So uh, yeah, uh, take it easy. It's nice and sunny here, 5 degrees Celsius uh, where I'm at today, which isn't bad considering the rest of Canada is kind of, Kind of, kind of cold because it's December, so Canada gets that way. But in three weeks' time, I'll be in Vegas. Uh huh. December twentieth, we go to Vegas, and we're there for a week, and it's going to be glorious. Thanks for listening, guys. I'll talk to you again soon.